My 20s were a decade of trying to figure out what in the heck was going on. We were told something is happening on the streets, so get ready, use your guns against the people. Whatever you do, as best as you know how to live into it, be full-hearted or just quit. Be full-hearted and quitting. Our lives are meant to make us feel very safe and very taken care of. And then what you end up feeling is you don't know yourself in unknown places. Well, on the one hand, you get a new Anson's podcast. On the other, you don't get another Anson's podcast for four weeks. This is the end of season two of the podcast. We'll be back in four weeks. So that would be the middle to late September. September 19th. There's an actual day, September 19th. We'll be back with season three that'll run through the rest of 2017. In the meantime, this episode's fairly apropos because it's about rhythm. What are the deep, regular practices, not just to schedule, but our true rhythm that you're organizing your life to? So part of our rhythm is time off. And now you get to listen and think about yours. Da 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 da. Ba da 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 da. And it's from people who never watch football. Ba da 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 da. And sons. I think that's how it goes. Dramatic. Guys, welcome back to the Ansons podcast. This week, we are thinking about a topic that is more than a little bit ironic for us to be thinking about, as you will shortly see. But we are going to be talking about rhythm, the underlying practices, but even beyond practices, the patterns, uh, the kind of rhythm is so connected to music, the tempo that you are using to organize your life, that you're aligning yourself to. And just in case that made it sound like I'm a rhythm expert. I'm just going to out myself right now and say, I am not, but can still see the importance of it and see in many places the consequences of not having a rhythm. So rhythm this week, what's it bring to mind? Yeah, actually, I found I had a conversation about rhythm um, and ways of organizing my life a couple of years ago. I was actually talking with Jesse, who we've had on the podcast. And I was just kind of going off on a tangent with him, talking about how I wanted to be someone who used my time well. I just felt like I didn't and I don't use my time well or any opportunity or afternoon or day or weekend that I don't, that just kind of comes into glaring focus. Like, yeah, you should have been, you know, reading this book or writing and working on another book or becoming a better human being. And instead, you just watch the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie and you are a waste of space. And so what I ended up talking with Jesse about was just how I wanted to be structuring my time and using it all really well, like a craftsman not wasting any part of the vegetables of his dinner. And what was interesting was as I described like that I wanted to have this rhythms in life of exercise and relationship with God and being a better husband, growing myself in all these different areas, Jesse's nodding along or getting all pumped about it. And I found myself saying like, if I had everything kind of worked out, then I think I would be like a better man or then I would be happier. And there's this, there's this dangerous pull there, right? Yes. Where I want rhythms because if I don't have them, I tend to kind of just take the path of least resistance. 
But there's also the flip side where I think I have had this false ideal of somehow becoming like a Jedi master and using every minute of every day perfectly. And there's actually kind of a godlessness in that as well for me. Yeah. Man, that feels like such a good starting place is actually to kind of dismantle some of the stuff that surrounds the concept of a rhythm. And I think I totally identify with what you were just describing of the things that look like rhythm but are actually quite distinct are a schedule or even your habits and those tie in a little more closely. But even, you know, a strategy for your time is not a rhythm. And I think that one of the interesting things is there are basically kind of two bodies between which a rhythm is going to be decided. And one is the world. It's going to compete for your rhythm. And then the other one is the kingdom of God. And I think of in a schedule, mastery, all of those things are really important, but that kind of incline towards the world that feels like the substitute for a rhythm. And the reason is, is that like a structure or a schedule, you know, the end goal, when I think of it, is a kind of excellence where I've really delivered. You know, I followed the program, I became a fast runner, but even more so I followed the program and I became, you know, an exceptional and a decisive man, probably with a lot of money at his disposal. But that looks very different than the end goal of a rhythm. I mean, the two are both about becoming, but that idea of you know, how can I, through more intense self-discipline, structure my time to achieve as much as possible, does put achievement at the end of the road. Like, that is why you are structuring your life. You're structuring it to get as much or to move as quickly as possible. Whereas a rhythm, the end goal is a, like, rootedness. The end goal is transformation. Mm, Yeah, that's... That's really promising because I I think sometimes it's the success ideas that we touched on at the very beginning of this podcast that can make it difficult for me to really pursue something because there's that inner war again. Every time it feels like the goal is making a lot of money or becoming, I don't know, like eating the Mario mushroom and somehow leveling up and being like, okay, great. Now I've like got these rhythms down and I am a billionaire. Exactly. Yeah, just riffing off that, I think it's interesting. Of you, you have on the one hand the kind of floating sayings about things that look like rhythm, and there's you know, is Aristotle? We are what we regularly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act but a habit. This idea of you know forcing yourself into a pattern where you're regularly producing great work or you're regularly learning something incredible. And I think, I think that for me, the pathway into a rhythm is actually thinking it because, you know, like I said before, I'm not awesome at rhythm, but I can look at the reason why and, or I can look at the reason why you should have a rhythm. And that kind of begins to clarify it for me and and show the ways in which it's distinct from a schedule, show the ways in which it's distinct from habits. Right. So, and, you know, I think of the fascinating premise of the screw tape letters, which, you know, when you have a wife and a daughter and it takes just longer to do anything, 
kind of found that it's useful as a person who's trying to disentangle himself from his cell phone just to have kind of books strewn around the house that it's easy to pick one up and read a page as I'm, you know, watching Alish, admittedly absentmindedly, as you've just seen, or waiting for Emily. And one of the books lying around is the screw tape letters because, you know, they're they're all of those letters are a page and a half, two pages. And I'm kind of fascinated by the fact that the premise of that book is screw tape making an argument for, hey, you know, in the course of luring people away from God, certain strategies have fallen out of practice. Kind of, and you know, this is a an arch demon talking to a minor demon. And he goes, you know, now what we want to do as the kingdom of darkness is use like the spectacular, like huge sins, addictions, even that kind of addiction to evil. But he just goes, you know, one of the original ways to lure people out of the kingdom of God is this concept of the world. And it is, it's the fame, it's the uh, affluence, it's the achievement that is actually a bait and switch for real maturity and character. And so it's very easy for me to see the ways the world is competing for my rhythm or actually actively competing to dismantle my rhythm. And I think I can see that because, you know, I can get to the late afternoon of a day and kind of realize that all I've been motivated by is the next thing that I've literally just had kind of this chain of activities that doesn't amount to much. And yet it all seemed to click together, like checking an app on my phone leads to, you know, following the news on my way into work, leads into email, leads into next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And it's simply that the world feels phenomenal at distraction and the rhythm of the world is frenzy. It is an increasing acceleration all the time. Yeah, right. That certainly feels true when you think of any news feed, any any social media website, any means of pace or trend or fad or even like really good social causes and movements that come up. Like, are you really concerned about the latest bombing in Barcelona? Well, in 72 hours there's going to be a whole different thing because 72 hours ago, it was Charleston. And it's just, even if it's things for you to be concerned about or praying for, that is keeping you on this little high-stepping movement. And I found myself like really afraid that I would be passive because if I'm not making active choices, it feels like I'm most prone to taking the path of least resistance, therefore being very passive, which is kind of tying into the uh, letting the world set the pace for you, um, right? They want to keep you busy, keep you distracted, keep you moving with almost this kind of like one flashing light ma- noise maker to the next. Yeah, it is that. It is that noise. It is that distraction. And I think that if you're operating in the world, you know, the very best thing that the world kind of offers, if you're the kind of person who isn't going to watch the next YouTube video. You know, you're not going to get back on the news. Distraction is not working as well as it could. You need a little structure. Then the structure that the world offers is something very much like a schedule of, okay, we'll just do a pattern then. You know, eat breakfast at this time, 
start your work at this time. Don't check your email till noon. Uh, you don't check the news until three if you check the news at all. And you can kind of live your life inside this regular structure, this kind of periodic thing of activity. What I think is interesting about that is, you know, as I'm reading around about rhythm and looking at, you know, what is it and what's it supposed to be? And it, you know, a rhythm is a strong, regular beat or an underlying current. And so, you know, whereas like, you know, the world's rhythm is first no rhythm, it's just acceleration, it's distraction. And this on its own is like, this is enough to drive a person insane. And if you are maturing and you're trying to pull yourself out of that and you're kind of adopting some structures to slow down the frenzy and you've got, you've got a little bit of scheduled activity, you know, the reason that still doesn't quite resemble a rhythm is a schedule can come out of a rhythm, but a rhythm does not come out of a schedule. Mm, hang on. One more time. A schedule can come out of a rhythm, but a rhythm cannot come out of a schedule. Okay, what do you mean by that? Okay, well, so if the rhythm is the undercurrent, the strong, regular beat, it's the kinds of things that you are organizing your life to. Like, for example, in exercise, exercise actually can be a rhythm, but if you look at the difference between a, an exercise plan, you know, run three days a week, lift two days a week, that schedule is made in reference to a rhythm of activity. So the underlying rhythm is some kind of intentional engagement with the body, and then it affects the schedule three different ways. I think an even better example is here on the team, I love that Morgan will often point out to me that we're actually supposed to live from Sabbath and not for Sabbath. Like We're not supposed to work really hard in anticipation of resting. We're supposed to begin in receiving the world as gift and receiving our sonship and then operate out of that rest. So Sabbath is a rhythm, some kind of, you know, this, this weekly finding a place to enter into union with God. But, and, and you can schedule for that, but it's going to look very different. Like the rhythm is Sabbath in your life with God, but the, the schedule that comes as a consequence of that rhythm is, you know, one one time a month you might get a day in the mountains, but a lot of your mornings you might get you might get a walk, you might get an early cup of coffee, but you're using the kind of specifics of your time which can change to relate to, you know, the underlying principle, the underlying beat of your time, which is Sabbath. And I'm struck that we're coming back to this is something that we're wanting to get better at because I I don't know if I'm just sort of bad at both, but I, we were talking yesterday about the three choice challenge we did. And I have failed in all three of them. I, I wish we'd set like the, the goal for those choices for like a month because then I would be like, yes, I did really well. But, you know, one of mine was mentoring a young guy. Did that like three times. And then life seasons changed on his part and my part. And now that's not totally necessary anymore. Early morning rhythm and scheduling and writing was kind of more, this is why I was thinking about this because it was the, these choices for me making on a morning and daily basis. And they got like sideswiped after a month, maybe a couple of weeks. And I haven't done it since. Though there are things I want to be doing, and though there are things that I want to be like, okay, it's really important for me to begin my day with some form of reading. It doesn't have to be this book, it can be any book, and then I want to write a little bit. And that's actually very open ended. It doesn't have to be towards a book, it could be towards an article, it could just be 
words on the page because that's helpful. Like it just anything that I'm doing in that regards actually is success. And even that was like, was hard and fell apart. Um, yeah, I mean, both because, or kind of principally because we started scheduling a bunch of meetings during your morning, which just, just as you were talking, it kind of was an interesting point to me that even often the people who are close to you who like are supposed to be advocates of your rhythm, supposed to know the way you're organizing your life. In this case, you know, your close friends and coworkers can often disrupt it. Kind of embarrassed by that. Are you saying that. you sabotage my mood? Not on purpose, <laughs> but I did begin putting our podcast recordings at 8.30. Going back to your Aristotle quote, if I am what I do most frequently, I am a diaper changer. Like this season seems to be bent on eliminating any any of my like romanticized ideals of becoming a better man in ways that I had previously defined them. Mostly around like, okay, I'm gonna start home brewing in my garage and that's gonna blow up into a, you know, maybe a microbrewery because there's not enough of those in the world right now. Or I'm gonna be reading a bunch uh outside of work so that when I you know, start my mornings, I can really get some headway in my books and, or I'm going to just totally relax and just watch all the TV shows I want because that's what I get to do is I get to think about me or go for a run or hang out with friends. And the disruption of a daughter has shown all of the cracks in the system, all of the ways that I thought that I had become less selfish by working through marriage than realizing all of these quote-unquote rhythms I'd established for myself outside of work were really kind of non-rhythms. They were kind of ideas and then ways that I would just do things for me. And so if we're talking about how we are now and things we do most frequently defining who we are, I kind of go, well, I hope, I hope that at the deeper level, I'm becoming a father, becoming a particular kind of father. But there are so many days where I can't see the forest because of the diapers. Yeah. This is exactly kind of where we got going on this was we're both dads with young daughters and it feels like the grand annihilator of any kind of rhythm. As you just described, you know, I kind of think that my earlier in quotes rhythm was just when I could expect reasonable amounts of free time. And now there's none of those. And so I find myself talking when I'm, you know, at the office of, wow, man, I'm, I'm either working and then I go home and then it's even more exhausting because it's actually engagement with, continuous engagement with a human being. And there are no human beings at the office. Yeah, but you don't necessarily have to like follow them around and make sure they don't put their hand in anything. Fair enough. You just get on your computer and email them. I was recently talking with a friend and I think I was just realizing how much my life right now is not sustainable. Mm. You know, getting up, you know, it's I, the only practices I have seem to correspond to, you know, what we talked about and liking to run triathlon or I'm like, oh, it's very, you know, the time I get up is very predictable. What I eat for breakfast is very predictable. When I drink my first coffee is very predictable. And then, you know, when I exercise on my lunch break, but it's still, I get up, I'm helping with Alish. Hopefully, I'm providing a little time for Emily to have a more flexible morning and eat something and be able to do something with two hands. And then I'm 
at the door and then I'm at work and then it's, you know, what a work day looks like. And then I'm, and then I'm coming home and I'm jumping right back in with, you know, what's a walk? What's something I can do or that we can do together that's going to keep Em's heart for adventure alive? Or maybe she's going totally stir crazy and needs me to take Eilish while she just runs down the street. And then next thing you know, it's, it's um, community activity which I love, but I still kind of crash into last minute. And then, you know, a missional community dinner ends and people go home and it's, you know, fly by the seat of my pants into the evening, changing diapers and evening prayer and, you know, fall asleep and just recognizing, wow, this is just, this is just churning. I'm just, you know, keeping up with activities and trying to find slots to get things in, but kind of realizing wow, I think I don't have rhythm currently because I don't actually understand its position and value. You know, I was telling a friend recently, I could, it is, it would be possible for me at the end of a workday to drive to a local park and to take 20 minutes just before I go home, you know, with God in some form, listening to music in the car, being intentional about the life of my heart, like centering myself to Jesus. But I think instead, I'm just, it's just next thing. I just go do something because I go, wow, you know, if I do that, well, then first of all, I won't be able to do our budget until seven o'clock tonight or whatever it is. And my wife will be that much more tired because I'll have left her alone as a single mom that much longer during the day. Yeah, that's the big one for me. Yeah. And I'm, I just look at the cost there are going to be consequences. I'm going to have to pay for this somewhere in my life. And my life is going to be harder if I do this. And it's funny because I know that's not true. You know, somehow, like my life's not going to be harder for getting some, you know, strong, regular rhythms to my life and my life with God. But it also, it just gets, you know, swept away by kind of the urgency of, being a man in a young marriage with a young daughter, you know, whose lease on the house we're renting, you know, ends three weeks from right now. Yeah. Uh, You didn't use it intentionally, but the language in there was, there's all this pace. And then I try to like fit, like slot stuff in there for me, which is really telling, right? It's, It's totally my posture of, there are some things that are going to happen. They have a momentum. I can't change them. Or if to try and change them would be too hard. And there are some windows where I can get slices for me in there. Whether it's like, okay, when I'm home and with Susie, we're going to try and... We just kind of we go into, unfortunately these days, an autopilot of maintaining the house, maintaining errands and chores and projects. And I don't even think that she likes it, to be honest, but it just feels like they need to get done. And so I know that that there are so much of my life between work and home that demand time, which is why we started running at lunch or we started doing that stuff then because it was, okay, here's a slot of time that we can fit something that harkens to what we actually want out of life. We want more of what kind of what Morgan was talking about of operating out of this is who I am. I am, and that in the lunch example, I am an athlete 
enthusiast. And so I am going to be making these choices on a daily basis and I can affect what I eat and I can affect what I do at lunch. But that's not the only thing I want to be. I also want to be someone who isn't caught up in the frenetic pace of life because that is letting someone else dictate your rhythm. And you may be someone who actually moves quicker than the world around you because you're not actually getting stuck in the latest YouTube video or the latest, I don't know, the latest anything. And instead, if it seems like if you can get more focused on actually what is valuable to you, you can do so much more with your time. Yeah, that's huge. It's, listening to you talk, there's a couple things that come up around rhythm. And, and thinking of rhythm in terms of music, it has these, it has these two pieces. And obviously there is regularity. For it to be a rhythm, there has to be some kind of predictable pace. But the key part of a rhythm is a tempo. And I think of my life and the ways that I would like to be thinking about a rhythm. And this will lead into the second thought. But the first thing is that regularity of what are the practices that actually should be structuring my time? And then the tempo is what is a good interval or how often should those things actually be happening? And I just think of, you know, time with God, obviously, very regularly. Dinners with friends, you know, communally, a little less frequently. And as I was thinking about this, been thinking about rhythm this week, it's interesting because your rhythm is meant to correspond to kind of uh, the underlying reality of your life. And in our case as young men, we actually have one. You know, what we are in is the development of a masculine soul from, you know, boyhood to maturity. And that, you know, right now we are men learning to live in marriages, learning to love women that we happen to be married with, learning to work, and now, you know, all of a sudden learning to be dads. And those are all things that actually have an underlying trajectory. And it feels like the question for me in rhythm is how do I establish a rhythm that relates to that reality of if I assume that I'm becoming this man over time and that right now the things that I'm becoming is someone who can maintain a slightly larger household, someone who can live in a marriage, someone who can be a dad. What does it look like to view those things as kind of the core things that I'm called to that I need to structure around? And then the other thing that I'm just very aware of is returning to Aristotle, famous for a lot of things, but one that I've mentioned before in an article is Aristotle in the Poetics. He's, it's just the, this book of definitions, most of which seem totally obvious, but they're impressive because he was kind of the first one to write them down. And he just says that, you know, a story is a complete dramatic event, and that consists of a beginning, a middle, and an end. and Everything in our life corresponds to that of where are we organized in story relative to our beginning, our middle, and our end. I think part of the reason the world is frenetic and that there's just the next thing, the next thing, the next thing is that it's, an, it's a perpetual middle. You are just in activity forever. Whereas in our story, everything that I've read about rhythm from Brother Lawrence, the practice of the presence of God, to books on the spiritual disciplines, they're all organized in view of Jesus coming back, 
They have a beginning. They have the middle where we're living right now, but they're looking towards the end. And it's be, it's in view of the fact that this story is going to wind down. It's going to be fantastic. Jesus is going to return that actually allows you to structure your life because you understand the overarching rhythms of creation. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think of that pace and that freneticism as really exhausting. And I, and I think you're putting some words to it that I hadn't thought of before, which is that perpetual motion, perpetual middle, no real beginning, no real ending, kind of when you die, your story ends, but really this machine is going to keep on going. And there's an exhaustion to that too. It's a, it almost has the, the smack of just start running and run quickly, but never really stop because there's no race. Doesn't it, You didn't actually ever start. You just always were running. And uh, you can be done when you're dead, but really in the meantime, just go fast. And it's like, <laughs> how far? That doesn't matter. Um, how long? We don't really know. It doesn't matter either. And that has this exhausting and this aimlessness to it. It's, it's the kind of training that's the most brutal that they use on elite forces. It's like, put your pack on and just go. Like, okay, well, for how long and how far? Well, you don't get to know that. And then the mind actually begins to crack because of the, the fact that we need a place in, in time and in, and in motion. Even, even if it's like a three-mile run for these elite forces, which it rarely is, but when it's something even manageable, it is so much more difficult because they don't know where the end is. That's it. Thinking about my own rhythm and time, I, I think what I actually need more than anything is like the grace and forgiveness to reboot and to have days and weeks not go very well. I think with a schedule, like a triathlon training schedule, if you skip a month, not only have you like totally failed and completely lost a significant level of fitness, you have to reboot and you've probably lost your season. And let, you, hopefully you were doing it for some sort of injury. But if you're just doing it, like if you stopped doing your schedule for no reason, because life took over, you've let yourself be torpedoed. Whereas in my life long term, if I let writing go for a month or a year, um, there's, I think I want there to be less condemnation because like the, the condemnation that gets in will almost stop me from ever picking it up again, from trying to get that rhythm back. And truthfully, like the, the rhythm has these deeper tremors and these deeper implications than a schedule or, you know, framing your day well does. Yeah, that huge concept here. Also from the screw tape letters, there's a fascinating part where screw tape is explaining the law of undulation. And what Lewis writes via screw tape is that as human beings, we are spiritual and physical beings. And as a spiritual being, we are linked to eternity. As a physical being, we dwell in time. And to dwell in time is to change. Therefore, the nearest thing we have to constancy is a constant return to a standard or a return to a state from which we're always deviating to some extent. And I think what you just named, it's key to know like, hey, it's actually not you hit this thing and then you're in it forever. You know, part of the spiritual life being frontier is 
there's part of a rhythm is simply returning to a kind of rhythm and returning um, to a reality from which there are always these sometimes minor and sometimes very significant deviations. But I think one thing that I'm aware of in rhythm is that you cannot have one if you don't understand, you know, the key things that your life is about in a season. It, you know, the, what am I becoming right now? What are the key areas in my life that if I were to build a rhythm, the rhythm would need to reflect this reality? So toss the question to you of, you know, if you were looking at, hey, there are some things that I need to build some rhythm in my life around, what would be the key categories for you right now? Well, part of me is brought back to our success podcast of I have an idea of the kind of man I want to be and the kind of impact I want to have. And so I want to be rhythming uh, around or providing a rhythm of my life that helps to grow in those areas. And then as much as I you know, can feel the frustration or the loss of self in just seeing myself as someone who cleans diapers, this new season of being a father, a young father of just one child, and I hope there are many more down the road, I can actually choose that I, I want to be a good father. I want to be someone who's engaged. And so in that regards, there's not like a wasted time in doing the diapers or in helping Susie with parenting and and failing and figuring it out and then you know retrying a new way of doing it and then that not working and or maybe it does and but that all makes it feel not like a wasted time right that makes it feel like me becoming a good man in the success podcast me becoming a good father those are things worth rhythming around yeah yeah i love that I think the things that I'd say in response are, you know, I'm, I think for me, it's as basic as kind of remembering, you know, that, you know, as a man, there's therefore simply the rhythm of like a masculine soul. And I remember, there's a, you guys have a great point in Killing Lions about that you, you need to find Jesus in the things that you love. And so when there's the thing of like, what am I doing in my life with God? Like, a quiet time is an awesome concept and it can be really wonderful. But if it's the one thing that I think of in a life with God, I'm totally missing it. Whereas knowing that I actually find God in you know, the love of the wilderness and what, what is some kind of care of masculine soul, knowing that like, hey, it might look like 20 minutes, but understanding like, yes, I am a young man. I do need this life with God. One of the places is beauty. and so. I can't go on weekend backpacking trips, but, you know, I can every so often, you know, find this rhythm of the short wilderness, you know, the trail run near the house that's still some kind of engagement there. And I do think of, you know, being a husband and like, okay, so what are the, what are the key pieces of loving a woman? And, you know, it feels like something as, that everybody knows, like as tactical as, a date night is like, hey, well, you know, this is this sounds very narrow and precise, but you know, where am I rhythming around being a couple in love? Like being that unit 
of the man-wife team that out of which the family comes and, and what does that look like? And then I do think, yeah, you know, as I think there's the reality of, you, you say it's, it's not wasted time doing the diapers and part of me recognizes that and part of me goes like, oh man, it's just, it's just so much though. But, you know, we do have the language in here around Nassim Tar of like kind of being in these hidden years in our 20s where like there are a lot of long, slow things that we are can do and understanding even kind of some of the minutia of managing a baby as the spiritual act of becoming a dad. It takes on uh, a long-term significance. I think for me, the hopeful aspect of rhythm is that it, it's a freedom from the frenetic and it's a freedom from the rigid and it's a realignment with the deeper things that I want to find in myself and cultivate in my life. And in that, there's grace for failure, there's grace for losing the rhythm because if I'm able to actually return to it and keep pulling myself back into it, over a couple of months, over a couple of years, the more I find myself having grace to return to it and more ways of articulating what I'm really after, the more that I'm able to turn back into those rhythms, the more I'm able to see the fruit of their impact on my life. Guys, thanks for dropping by and listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it today. If you want to keep tabs on us and what other projects we've got going on, the best way to do that is to follow us on social media. If you are no longer on social media like some of us, don't panic. You can still keep tabs on what we're up to. Just go to ansonsmagazine.com, join our mailing list, and we'll keep you in the know. And while you're there, be sure to read the magazine. 